Welcome to the Talking with Tata podcast. I'm your host, Andy Schneider, also known as Tata. Today's podcast guest is Dory Fader Teitelbaum, who is the founder of Andiamo Travel. We talk about a few different things. She's a mom of two, Eloise and Bennett, but we talk about just how starting your own business and being a travel agent, which really is someone who has to be on 24-7 and running a business while also just being a mom of two. One thing that Dory really talks about is how no is the first step to yes. Don't give up, whether you're dealing with a manager of a hotel or maybe even just a teacher at school. Always try harder and no will be the first step to a yes. She gives us a lot of different tips, product recommendations, tips for traveling with children, the best hotel to stay at, which hotel has the best kids club. I think the larger resorts tend to be better for children. Like think about a boutique hotel. Most Mm -hmm. people that are looking for boutique hotels with 50 or less rooms are looking for those type of hotels because they tend to be quieter, calmer, like more exclusive. Mm -hmm. They don't want the kids. So I would say like, even if your style personally is a boutique hotel, if you're traveling with a child or multiple children, don't opt for a boutique hotel because they're not going to do a good job with the children the same way that like a Four Seasons or a Rosewood or a bigger branded hotel will do. Today's Tata's tip of the week is how to travel with your child. And in the podcast with Dory Fader, Titlebound, we really talk about preparing your child for a trip. So let's talk about the obvious. Bring tons of snacks when you were flying on a plane. Dory gave us a few other recommendations of just different products, if you listen to our podcast, of what to bring. For my recommendation, I would say bring a project. A book might get boring. It might be something that your child doesn't want to do. They have motion sickness. They're not going to want to read a book. Bring it if they love books. But I would say bring a project. I'll link a few different toys in the caption for today's video. But even if it's just beads, bring string and the scissors and beads and have them make a necklace or have them maybe make a bracelet for the person they are sitting next to. Give them something to do because that will last longer than 20 minutes, 10 minutes, could be an hour at least. Um, So that's the first one. Also, what we talk about in today's podcast, get your child on the schedule of the place that you are visiting. Let's say you are going to Europe and there is a five or a six hour time difference. Change nap time. I know that we get so stuck on a schedule, but you can change your child's nap time. You're bringing them to this place. Some of you might be bringing them to this place so that they can explore, right? You don't just want them to sit in the hotel the entire time. So get them on the time change. If they are going to dinner at 8 o'clock, then put nap time around 4 o'clock. You can be a little bit more flexible when you are traveling. And that is today's Tata's Tip of the Week. I'm very excited to have on our guest, Dory Fader Teitelbaum. Welcome. Thank you. So you started on Diamo Travel in 2017, and although you at the time were practicing law in New York City, you had this deep passion for traveling the globe and experiencing new things. Is that correct? Very correct. All right. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in this travel agent world. So you basically nailed it on the head. I was practicing law. I hated it. Um, I was working for a big firm in New York City. Just wasn't really my thing. Um, Matt and I had just gotten married. He decided he hated New York City. (laughs) And And you're from Maryland, just so everyone. We're from both from Maryland. I had always been asked, you know, for help planning people's trips, where to go, where to eat, where to stay. So I feel like I spent a lot of my um, day job just like G-chatting trip help to anyone and everyone who asked questions about trips. And so when Matt wanted to leave New York, I felt like it was a good time to get started on, you know, leaving the 
legal world and and start this. So I kind of just thought I was going to start it as a hobby and and really it wasn't going to turn into anything. It was just going to, you know, give me something to do during mm-hmm. the day when we left New York, but it quickly turned into a full-fledged business. Honestly, I've never looked back. It's so much fun. I love helping people create amazing memories with their families, with their grandparents, with their parents, their own children. I think it's really special to be a part of people's lives and help them make those memories and you know, like since I've started the company, we've gotten like so many handwritten thank you notes, like really? gift cards, bottles of wine, caviar, like photos from people like all over the world just saying like, thank you. Like you made this trip amazing. Some people have literally sent us emails saying like, I don't know what I would do in my life without you and your team. And wow. it's just like so sweet to hear those things. And yeah, we're not curing cancer or we're not like, you know, we're not doctors, but we are making a big difference in people's lives. And I feel like I was lacking that when I was working at the law firm. And I think moving into travel, like, fulfilled that for me. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I'm, you know, booking people at fancy hotels around the world. But it is really, like, deeper than that. It's connection. Yeah, it's deeper than that. It's connection. It's helping people figure out, like, how to make memorable experiences with their families. Mm -hmm. And I think that at the end of the day, it's really rewarding. Leaving New York, where did – so you came right to Miami from New York? No. Okay. We've been around the block. Okay, tell us. Uh, We went to Baltimore for a year. That's really when I started the business. I was kind of holed up by myself, working on like a few trips at a time. Maybe it started like being, you know, three to four hours a day max to quickly 12 plus hours a day within a year of starting the company. After Baltimore, we moved to Chicago. We had our first daughter, Eloise, in Chicago. Um, COVID hit. We left Chicago, moved in with my parents in Jupiter. Then we decided to try out Miami in November of 2020 and never left. And you will never leave us. (laughs) We did do a quick summer stint in L.A. during the COVID summer, but we decided against L.A. Eloise is a Florida girl. She's never leaving. Florida girl at heart. Yes. So obviously leaving the legal world to starting your own business. How was that big change? A huge change. I would say that I've never worked harder starting my own business versus, you know, people that work in the legal world. Like everything is about like how many hours you can bill and it's really a grind to bill, you know, 2,000 hours and also like a tons of researching and writing, but it's also kind of isolating. You know, you're just doing a lot of work on briefs and I wanted more people interaction. And I think that moving into the travel world gave me exposure to learn a lot about different people, their wants, their interests, really being able to like create special memories and experiences for people is what I felt like motivating me every Mm -hmm. single day. Did you travel a lot yourself? Why was everyone going to you? So I grew up traveling. Very fortunately, I felt like every time my mom and I checked into a hotel, we were both like looking for any other rooms available, what the different view was, if this bathroom had two sinks. (laughs) It kind of was just ingrained in me and I felt like it was a natural step into another career path. Seems like you use your law background in this business. Yeah, of course. I need to fight, fight, fight for people all the time. Yeah, getting the best rates, getting people to treat your clients in a certain way, really just like having that background and knowing how to like argue and ask for what you need. Mm -hmm. I always tell people if you don't ask, you don't get. No is really just like your first step to a yes. You know, in other words, like let me speak to your general manager. Let me speak to your supervisor. We don't really take no's at Andiamo. Why the name Andiamo? 
So when I started the company, actually, my dad was buying a boat with his business partner at the time, and he came up with the name Andiamo, and it kind of just resonated with me, and it means let's go in Italian, and yep. Italy is one of my favorite places, and what better of a word than Andiamo for a travel company? Absolutely. So obviously, COVID hit halfway, I guess, through you starting this business, or maybe a few years after. Has COVID really changed your business? So when COVID hit, I was in a deep, dark depression with Andiamo. I felt like I spent three to five months completely canceling tons of trips, everything Mm -hmm. that we had on the books for 2020. It was really hard to see ahead and see that, you know, COVID would technically end or technically not end at this point, but that travel would come out of it and people would start traveling again. So it was really, really a difficult time then. No one was traveling. I wasn't really doing anything except spending time canceling. And then I would say like by mid-2021, we saw this incredible boom and it just hasn't stopped. Basically doubled the company since pre-COVID. We have new clients coming in every single day, maybe like th- two to three new clients every day. Wow. I think COVID just kind of like unleashed us like pent up travel demand and Everyone wants to go and see and do, and hotels are really honestly taking advantage of that. The prices have never been- They're crazy. Yeah, never been more expensive. Mm -hmm. I actually can speak on that because when we did our first class together, when Eloise was, what, a year and a half old, maybe, right? 15 Um, months. Yeah, 15 months. I remember, like, you would have to basically answer the phone and run out of class, and, you know, you were there with your daughter every week, but you had to be on, Um, which actually brings me, before we get into kids, because I'm very curious about that, to me, when I think of a travel agent, I think you are on 24-7. You know, you run this whole business, and basically someone can call you from another country, another time zone, and they need an answer right away. So how do you do that? How do you manage that? So I think a lot of the management is like really the pre-planning of someone's trip in order to ensure that if you do the job right before they leave on their trip, you're not going to encounter these issues while they are away. For example, if someone's checking into their room and they don't like like their nightstand or they don't like that their bathroom doesn't have two sinks, even though I told them it wouldn't have two sinks, like that's not an emergency. I'm not going to deal with that at that point. If someone's in Africa and they can't find their driver – They have a 24-7 on-the-ground team that they've been connected with prior to their trip. They can WhatsApp them, call them. They're on the same time zone. Like, they really shouldn't be bothering me or my team. Mm -hmm. And that's your 24-7 Yeah, it's our. It's a a, a company that we partner with. Let's say Africa. We have a partner in India. We have a partner in Southeast Asia. We just make sure that when we have clients doing these multi-destination trips that are really far away, we want to have someone there for them every step of the way. So if they are reading their itinerary correctly, like they have somebody to contact should there be a problem. And then there's, of course, those people that just want to talk to you whenever they want to talk to you. And I think I've tried to create boundaries lately that I'm not going to just shoot the shit with someone at, you know, 3 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Like, they can wait until I feel like dealing with them the next day. Absolutely. And look, (laughs) I have talked about boundaries basically on every episode. I don't have very good boundaries, and I'm working on it. But, you know, I mean, my business is very different from yours, but a mom who wants me at any point, I mean, other than Eloise, (laughs) I might not be able to run to someone every single day. Matt would definitely say that I'm not good at setting the boundaries, but I have been – 
trying a little bit harder to set mm-hmm. them. And I also have realized that you have less of an interruption, the better pre-planning that you do before someone's trip. Right. And I will say that we are excellent at what we do. So yeah. we don't really run into tons of emergencies or issues like that. Right. Like something can always wait until like working hours. Right. So prep basically would be like your tip if you had to say like preparation. Yeah, the and, right prep and yeah. the right like prepping the client. Like, yeah. hey, this is – this is what you can reach out to me for. Like, this is the company that you can reach out to if you have a question about your tour the next morning. Like, don't right. call me to change your tour from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Right. Like, call the number on your itinerary. So, like, everything's usually, like, very comprehensive. And if they're reaching out to us in the middle of the night, it's only because they're not reading their itinerary, basically. Absolutely. So who are your clientele? Are they, you know, the Miami moms that I have in class? <laughs> or are they celebrities, athletes? Who do you work with? Definitely a mix of everyone. We have clients that are 25-year-old trust fund babies that just travel every single week on their parents' dime. We have people that are retired, you know, over the age of 60 that constantly travel. We have, you know, people my age, friends, my friends, Matt's friends, people from Eloise's school, you know, really like a huge mix of people. I would say that most of the clients that we help are – traveling in a luxurious fashion. I mean, that's what we really specialize in, but we don't discriminate. We help um, everyone of all ages for all different trips, birthdays, honeymoons, anniversaries, multi-gen trips, 40th anniversaries, um, really anything um, you can think of. And and yes, the athletes and some of the celebrities. <laughs> yeah, look, you are being <laughs> As long as they're not it. asking for discounts, I'm good. Got it. <laughs> so you don't really need necessarily a budget to work with your company. Off the bat, no, but I'm kind of moving into that. I'm not sure if I'm going to move on Diamo to a membership model next year. Wow. But definitely with the summer trips, especially just with the insane demand, we won't take trips under a certain um, spend per night. Mm-hmm. Just because the amount of work you put in and – Yeah, just the amount yeah. of work that we put in. I don't want people like spinning my team's wheels and driving them crazy. You know, I have to protect my employees' time. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's like tons of crazy people out there and some people will literally have no clue where they want to go and they'll just go in circles and those are the people that we need to get rid of. Yeah, you need to filter them out. Absolutely. (laughs) Let's get into kids. You have two very adorable kids. I think that they're mine sometimes. We have Eloise and Bennett. I love Eloise. At this point, I think I come to your house just to hang out with her. I mean, I love you guys too and I love Matt, but let's be real. Eloise is, she's she's my girl. She's the star of the show. She is the star of the show. So the podcast really, you know, moms who want some tips and a lot of people actually wrote in about just questions for you in terms of okay. traveling with children. So I'm going to throw some questions at you now. Okay. What's been your favorite hotel to bring children to, whether it's because of the children's room or just ease of having children there? Hmm, I feel like that's a multifold question. Okay. I thought the Four Seasons in Athens, Greece was an exceptional hotel for children. We didn't spend enough time there for Eloise to actually get to, you know, experience the kids club or all the other activities that they had. But I felt like they had – so many different options for children of all ages there. And I would really recommend that. Of course, it's pretty far, but I think that Four Seasons in general across the board does a really good job at having lots of children's activities, children food options. Kids clubs, all Kids that. clubs, yes, yep. all that. So when you are traveling and it could be within Florida or, you know, across the world – What are you looking for when you're trying to, whether you're booking for yourself or booking for other families who have children? What would you say is something to look for? 
Obviously, a good kids club. I think the larger resorts tend to be better for children. Like think about a boutique hotel. Most Mm -hmm. people that are looking for boutique hotels with 50 or less rooms are looking for those type of hotels because they tend to be quieter, calmer, like more exclusive. Mm -hmm. They don't want the kids. So I would say like even if your style personally is a boutique hotel, if you're traveling with a child or multiple children, don't opt for a boutique hotel because – they're not going to do a good job with the children the same way that like a Four Seasons or a Rosewood or a bigger branded hotel will do. I also think it's important to, if you are traveling during the summertime or, you know, during the winter when you're going to the Caribbean, looking for hotels that have, you know, multiple different pools, like an adult pool, a kid's pool, beach options, different activities, you know, through the kids club, not just like having a physical space of a kids club, but offering different activities, whether it's, you know, s'mores or movie night Mm -hmm. or tie dyeing or things like that. And I think a lot of the resorts in the Caribbean really tend to cater towards that. And lately, um, a lot of European resorts like throughout the Med are starting to add like tons of kids activities. Okay. Good room options, like either like one bedroom suites that have a half bath or a second bath or tons of different connecting options where it's not like really going to break the bank to have, Mm -hmm. you know, two or three rooms connecting. How accessible is it to get equipment or things like that or things like, you know, ski equipment to where you're traveling to? Do you have to pack everything or can you send it to the hotel room? I'm saying this and I don't really follow this advice myself, but obviously like direct flights when traveling with children is easier. I don't tend to always do that because I pick places that I want to go that I haven't been to and places that I hear are amazing for children, even though, you know, coming from Miami might not be a direct flight to get there. But I would say in general, like if you're not someone who's comfortable traveling with children and you're a nervous traveler anyways, pick somewhere that's a direct flight, not a you know, a flight to another small plane or to a boat or to a connecting flight through like a large European airport, I would say that's probably not an ideal scenario. So that actually brings us to our next question. Someone wrote in asking just recommendations for moms looking to fly with young children. So I guess one would be the direct flight. Do you have any other recommendations? So there's this thing called the flyaway kids seat. And I think it's absolutely amazing. It's this blow up bed. I think it's like $180. And you blow it up. It takes like 90 seconds to blow up and it connects between one seat and another regular economy or economy plus seat. And it's said to hold children like up to age seven. Like the jury's still out on that. I mean, I can't imagine Eloise in that until she's seven, but we still have a few more years. And we did use that going to Europe last summer. And she slept like a rock. Wow. It's amazing. So it's a blow-up bed, It's a blow-up bed, and it connect the back of the bed connects to the back of the person's seat in front of you. Oh, wow. So it's yeah. pretty stable and safe. Yeah, 100%. Wow. Okay. So that is the fly-away kid, kid seat. Kid seat, yeah. Got it. Any toys or, you know, obviously I'm a huge, like, bring a book, bring – I actually have a little gift for Eloise, just this little <laughs> activity book. But you have any – just things that kids can do on the plane that you would recommend? Well, not so much on the plane, okay. but there is this company called Baby Quip. And they are actually in tons of major cities and some Caribbean islands. I don't know if they are in Europe yet. I haven't looked into that for the summer. Okay. But I used them when I was in Park City and it was amazing. They dropped off like three huge baskets of children's toys, like grocery carts, coloring books, like 15 different kids' books, like tons of stuffed animals. I requested magnet tiles. They brought those. Um, it was amazing. I mean, they didn't have to literally pack anything. So they drop it off and they pick it they up? They drop it off and they pick it up. You wow. pick the window for drop off, pick the window for pickup. Yeah, wow. so it's great. I is think this it was everywhere? like I mean, it's all over the US mm-hmm. and it is in select Caribbean islands. I haven't checked if it's in Europe, 
if it's not in Europe, I'm sure there's another mm-hmm. similar version to it. It's a smart business. Um, but wow. it's B-A-B-Y-Q-U-I-P. Okay. And we'll also put that in the bio. And I guess going back to the plane, I mean, sticker books and mm-hmm. iPad, obviously. Yeah. I mean, no, look. Bring it out. There's nothing against you it. You know, those water well coloring books. Mm-hmm. Look, that's, it doesn't have to be a toy. It could be a snack too. I love that. Um, okay. So another one is TSA pre-check and global entry. Is that a must with kids? I think so, yes. Okay. I think you need to do it. Okay. I haven't gotten it for Bennett yet. How young? Can you get it Bennett at Bennett hasn't point? gone that many places. Bennett's um, one for those who are listening. <laughs> yep. But yes, I think that you should get global entry. So if you get global entry, it's just, you have TSA, like one and the same. But yeah, I mean, I just think with more and more people traveling, like customs lines coming back into the U.S. are really crazy. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like you can't just be like, she's with me. She's one. I yeah. mean, you have to wait in line. So a one-year-old can get global entry. You can get global entry like as soon as you're born the same way you get a passport right away too. Okay. Awesome. Um, And then obviously I think this is probably for adults and for children, but how do you suggest um, beating jet lag? Immediately putting them on the schedule of where you're traveling to. So for example, when Eloise and I did Spain last June, instead of napping from like (laughs) – you know, like 1.30 to 3.30 and eating dinner at like 5.30 or 6. I napped her from like 4 to 6 and we went to dinner at like 8 or 8.30 mm-hmm. and then she went to sleep when I went to sleep at like 10.30 or 11. I mean, when I take her to these places, I don't bring her so she can sit in the hotel room and go to sleep at yeah. 7 o'clock. If I want her to be on my schedule, she needs to kind of adjust to the time frame of where we are. And I would say like immediately like getting them adjusted to that makes the most sense. Of course, if they're you know, tired, you let them nap whenever they want to nap. But mm-hmm. I think if you try to keep them on their home schedule when you're in a destination where you're not generally going out to dinner until 9 or 9.30 yeah. or you're not going to lunch until like 2 o'clock and you want them to be a part of the experience, you really need to kind of start from the first day you get there. So put them on the schedule of the time zone that they're in. Yeah. Right. And I think that's important. I think a lot of times – you know, people bring kids on a vacation, but the kids are staying in the hotel the whole time. Or, you know, right. why are you bringing Eloise to Spain if you're not going to take her to a museum or take right. her to dinner or whatever exactly. it is? Or take her to Nikki Beach. Kind of like letting them adjust. Of course, if they're having tantrums and freaking out, it's because they're insanely tired yep. and they need to go back. And if you're traveling with a nanny, obviously, like utilize, you know, having their help and mm-hmm. let them go back to the room with the nanny and then you and your husband or the rest of the family can stay out. But I think that unless they're like, showing signs of really, you know, regressing their behavior while they're there, I I would just kind of stick with it and keep them out. I think that's a great tip. And then I guess this is more of a question I have for you. You're a mom of two. How do you manage to be on with your client, be a great mom? It's like, how do you manage to kind of be on with everyone? And you're very social. You go out a lot. I think that I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off like 95% of the time. I'm just really good at multitasking, Mm -hmm. I think. I also, this is just what I've been doing for the past, you know, seven years. And it just seems like so normal to me to keep going at this pace. I think there are some days where I'm like, okay, I really need to slow down. Like I can't remember where I parked my car kind of day. But I think it's my normal. It's my new normal. I love what I do. And I think obviously if I didn't love what I do, then it would be way harder and I just wouldn't do this. But I think I always make time to take Bennett to a class, pick Eloise up from school, fit in the phone calls. I mean, since I make my own schedule, I try to really schedule all the calls like you know, either when they're napping or, you know, in the morning before I pick Eloise up from school or like when I don't have to take him to a class. Setting a schedule. Yeah. And if yeah. there is not urgent emails, I can respond to them after they go to bed. <laughs> so what do you look for when you're booking a trip with your husband? Let's talk before kids. 
So I look for a mix of beach, culture, city, adventure. I'm not someone who can just go to a beach and sit on it for four or five days straight, honestly, maybe even three days straight. I really don't like just going somewhere just to go to the beach. Yep. So so when we went to our honeymoon, I think we combined like five different countries. We went between – Dubai and the Maldives to wow. Cambodia to Vietnam to Laos. It's a mix of, you know, culture, city, beach, interesting experiences. I think um, it's important when you're traveling to kind of get a feel for the way that people live like in the place that you are. Mm-hmm. So getting lost in the streets, trying the local food, local dessert places, yep. my favorite thing. But yeah, I, I never just look for a place where I'm just going to kind of like park myself and read a book. I'm like way too antsy for that. Yeah. And then my last question for you. What's your favorite hotel? Oh, my God. Matt would say that every place I walk into, I'm like, oh, my God. This is so amazing. (laughs) This is the best hotel I've ever stayed at. It's probably true. I don't even know what to say. Would you say – what about best country? Favorite country? I've really been everywhere. Um, Well, not everywhere, but I've been around the block and back. I know I said Four Seasons Athens was a great place for children, but I also felt like that hotel in general was just really next level. Um, I loved the one and only in the Maldives. I think that's really special. Um, I love the Rosewood in Luang Prabang, Lao. It's a really unique hotel. I think Bill Bensley designed hotels are incredible, very design focused, very unique, hard to find. Mm-hmm. For the Caribbean, I love Eden Rock St. Bart's. Yes, me too. <laughs> um, and two hotels with amazing kids clubs are the Mar- Marbella Club in um, Marbella, Spain. Okay. And Chateau Massardier in Saint-Tropez. Super high-end, amazing hotels, but with, like, world-renowned kids clubs. And I think that's important. You could be high-end while still, you know, attending to children. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I'm very happy that you came on. I know that podcasts aren't necessarily your norm, and you made time for us, which I can absolutely – I appreciate it because I've seen you in your zone and in your element, I would say. But, um, yeah, you, you've got a lot on your plate. So thank you for coming on. Where can everybody find you? Where can we find Instagram, website, Andiamo? My personal Instagram, I post a lot when I'm traveling. Yep. I don't run the Andiamo Instagram, but someone from the team does. What's your personal? My end? personal is Dory Allison, and my business is Andiamo.travel. Okay. And what about um, your website? Travelandiamo.com. I okay. had to do it backwards because Andiamo Travel isn't available. Oh, wow. That's someone really stole sad. it? Um, Let's get them. <laughs> Travel on Diamo. Travel on Diamo. So I had to make it backwards. They can email me. Okay. Do people on Diamo.com? Do people DM you where you don't encourage that? Not really. I would say like most of our clients get my phone number, mm-hmm. unfortunately, from <laughs> a referral and yep. then they'll call me or they'll email me. We do get a lot of info inquiries on the website, um, which you can fill out. But if you know me personally, just obviously like call me text me email me great for better for worse all right everyone go stalk her and harass her thank you so much for coming on this was great of course thanks andy thanks so much for listening to today's podcast don't forget to subscribe and rate us on spotify apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts don't forget to visit talking with tata on instagram and on facebook